Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is QC Fantasy. My name is Graham Rogers. I am, again, writing solo this week, so I'm going to just dive right into it. Going to recap Thursday's night, Thursday night's game, uh, do a little week three preview of the games coming up, wrap it all up in the end with some DFS talk. So I'm going to try to get through all of it uh, and get going quickly here. So start with Thursday night's game, Browns and Steelers. This was in Cleveland, and we saw the Browns win 29-17. to I think in our previous show, talked about, hey, whichever backfield had the bigger game, whether it was Najee Harris, whether it was Nick Chubb, sure enough, Nick Chubb doubles up, doubles up Najee Harris, who had 56 rushing yards. Nick Chubb, 113 yards. Both had a touchdown. Um did see the Browns get the win there. Uh, another big game from Amari Cooper. So seven receptions, 101 yards, and a touchdown. David Njoku, you know, a guy I was drafting in best ball a good bit, mostly waiting for end of season when Deshaun Watson gets back, but had nine receptions, 89 yards, and one touchdown. The next leading receiver on the team was Kareem Hunt with 14 yards. Uh, so Jacoby Brissett, 21 of 31, 220 yards and two touchdowns. Pretty good game from him. You know, a lot of talk now about when are we going to see Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh. Mitch Trubisky, uh, 20 of 32, 207 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but this offense does not look very good. Talked about Najee and his 56 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Warren, the rookie, got four carries for 30 yards. Deontay Johnson led the way for the receivers, eight receptions, 84 yards. Next leading receivers were Pickens, Claypool, and Najee with three receptions each. Uh, Pickens had the most receiving yards uh, behind Deontay with 39. So, again, not looking great for the Pittsburgh offense, but Cleveland, again, just going back with Chubb with 23 carries, Kareem Hunt with 12. Uh, He actually had 47 yards, did not get in the end zone this game, but you know, a one-two punch, and they seem to be able to stick out these games and at least have a good record when Deshaun Watson comes back. It'll be really interesting to see if they can sneak into the playoffs, if they can beat the Steelers. We've seen the Bengals struggle a little bit. If they can win some games outside the division, they, they may have a shot once uh, Deshaun gets back. So a quick first look at the Steelers versus Browns. We'll re- recap that a little bit more, hopefully, with Chris and Taylor next week on Tuesday. So diving into week three schedule, going to start with the one o'clock games, kind of work our way through the slate. So looking at Saints at Panthers to start off, um, you know, hoping to see Jameis Winston uh, get a little bit more consistent, saw some struggles against the Buccaneers, know he had the back injury going on, um, and then see where the ball goes in this game. Is it going to go to Michael Thomas? Is it going to Alave? Is it going to Jarvis Landry? Uh, we've seen... Michael Thomas have three touchdowns in the first two games. Olave, we know, had 320-some air yards, I believe, last game. Uh, So a few more of those connect. Olave could have a big game. And we saw Jarvis Landry have a big game in game one. And then looking over at the Carolina side, you know, not super interested in Baker Mayfield. Uh, Really was hoping that DJ Moore could take the next step with a different quarterback on the roster, but we've just not seen that come through yet. Obviously, somebody you still have to play just based off of talent. Uh, And then CMC, again, we've talked about it a couple times. We want to see 
volume start getting up higher, uh, but also trying to be safe with him and keep him healthy for the entire year is, is a delicate balance. But again, not an offense I'm super invested in right now. Texans Bears in Chicago over under 38 and a half. Just not not very exciting. I think I saw that Cooper Cup right now has more receptions, 29, than the Bears have attempted passing attempts, 28, uh, which was an absurd statistic to see. But, you know, Davis Mills has looked pretty good this year, throwing to Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins. We know O.J. Howard had his big two-touchdown game in week one. And then just hoping to see something out of the Bears, right? I mean, David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert have somewhat done their jobs as far as rushing the ball goes, but we just need to see something out of the passing offense. Justin Fields has got to be able to connect with Mooney and Komet. Um, You know, Equinemius St. Brown, I think, is the leading receiver on the team. So just need to see more there. Don't have anybody from this game in any of my lineups, luckily, but Chicago favored by two and a half at home over under 38 and a half for reference that Saints Panthers game over under is 41 with New Orleans favored by two and a half. Next game up Raiders at Titans, both 0 and 2. So loser here is going to go 0 and 3 in the AFC, uh, which I think would probably put that team out of contention for a wild card position. Um, so got, over under at 45 and a half, uh, which I think is maybe a little high and Las Vegas favored by two, just really not interested in the Titans. I mean, we've seen even Derrick Henry get relegated somewhat to maybe not being all that relevant as an RB one, just because they've gotten behind in games. And that's just not the game script that uh, Derrick Henry can play in and play in well. And, you know, we've seen Tannehill struggles. We saw Malik Willis get in the game against the Bills, obviously in a blowout. Um, so going to be interesting to watch that. Josh Jacobs has – he's been fine. He's been serviceable. There's a lot of talk about Zamir White, but I just don't see them really handing the reins over to the rookie just yet. Uh, Devontae Adams with only two receptions in the last game, so want to see a response from him. Hunter Renfro will be out after his injury in week two, the concussion there. So will be interesting to see Darren Waller, Devontae Adams step up. Mac Hollins is is a deep reach um, in some leagues if you play a lot of wide receivers or flex spots. Uh, somebody con- to consider um, who can be the deep threat on that team with Waller and Adams working shorter and intermediate routes. Next game up, Chiefs at Colts. So over under 50 and a half, kind of breaking that target that we look for. I'm, I'm fine with 48 usually, but 50 is a good number. Kansas City favored by five and a half on the road. Look, the Colts 0-2 struggling with Matt Ryan. I thought this was going to be a better fit. They've been down in games. Uh, Jonathan Taylor just not getting his normal workload. Uh, so going to be interesting to see how they balance that, how much is Naheem Hines getting involved in the passing game, and then are we going to see Michael Pittman back? They clearly missed him last game after he erupted in week one. Uh, so want to see him get back. And, again, I will shout out Ashton Doolin. Hopefully, even with Pittman back, uh, want to see him start getting some of those second wide receiver reps, you know, no Alec Pierce, no um, Dak Pascal, Paris Campbell, (laughs) sorry. And, you know, see who becomes kind of that wide receiver two in Indy. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, And then also starting to see maybe Kylan Granson come along a little bit more and take snaps away from Mo Alley Cox at the tight end position is going to be interesting to watch, but only if this offense gets it turned around. Kansas City 
we know the drill, right? It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Travis Kelsey. Kelsey had a little bit of a down game um, for Kelsey's standards. And then really interesting to watch, you know, what the snap shares are going to be for the wide receivers in this one, along with the target shares. And if they get up, are we going to be seeing CEH carry the load or are you going to see Jarek McKinnon start uh, getting more run and Isaiah Pacheco, the rookie, uh, just being the guys out of the backfield? Uh, CEH has got a, a lot of looks in the passing game because they've been in competitive games, especially week one. Um, so, or sorry, last week, uh, week one beating the Cardinals who tried to come back on them. So it's going to be interesting to see how that split goes. Uh, big game here, so Bills at Dolphins, both 2-0. This is AFC East, over-under set at 53, Buffalo favored by 5. You know, Miami offense just blew up last week. Tua, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Um, so going to be really interesting to watch. We've seen the Buffalo defense against the LA Rams, and then this past week against the Titans just absolutely shut those offenses down. Um, so I'm really intrigued by this game. I'm worried that the Bills defense is really good and this may not turn into a shootout. But if the Bills get up early, we may see something like we saw last week against the Ravens. Maybe not to that extent because the Bills defense is healthy and much better than the Ravens defense is. But will be interesting to watch kind of how that plays out. Could be big games again for Hill and Waddle if they need to play catch up. If they are behind, this is where I hope that Chase Edmonds starts getting more work in the passing game. We didn't see it last week, even when they were down. Uh, so that's starting to get me a little concerned because it's appearing that most Raheem Mostert might be the guy getting most of the carries out of this backfield. And that concerns me if Chase Edmonds is not going to be getting looks in the passing game when the Dolphins are down. So that this week may be the test to see if Edmonds is, is really going to break through as that guy we could have drafted late and gotten, I don't know, flex spot or RB2 is what I was hoping for out of Edmonds to start the year. And with the Bills, we you know we saw Diggs blow up last week. We saw Gabe Davis have a good week in week one uh, with his touchdown catch. Is Davis going to be back healthy? And then what are we going to see? Is Josh Allen going to keep cementing his spot as the QB1 in fantasy, running the ball as well? And then I'm also fascinated to watch the backfield. Again, I don't have a, a lot of exposure to these guys because I just had no idea which way this was going to go. But we saw a lot more Singletary and Zach Moss in week one, and we saw more James Cook in week two. So who's going to get the split here in week three as we start to get more and more samples uh, of these offenses to see how we want to position ourselves for later in the fantasy year and into the playoffs? Another potentially interesting game here. So Lions at Vikings over under 52 and a half Minnesota favored by six. Um, so I think the Vikings are, are going to bounce back in this game. And if so, this could again, be another one of those games. It's over under 52 and a half. So Vegas obviously thinks the same thing that I think. Um, I don't know about that Minnesota line at six. I think the Lions have shown they're going to be competitive and they're going to be able to score points and win some games. People didn't think they would this year. Um, but Look, can we get Justin Jefferson back on track after a slow week last week? Uh, Dalvin Cook as well. Really just the entire Minnesota offense. Is Irv Smith going to continue to carve out a role in this offense? And then what is the split going to look like behind Jefferson? Is it Thielen? Uh, is KJ Osborne going to get more looks? How that plays out? And then is Jared Goff uh, going to keep on this tear with Amon Ross St. Brown uh, obviously getting the ball around to – TJ Hawkinson to DeAndre Swift. How much is Jamal Williams going to be involved in the rushing game? Again, I think that splits 
probably throughout the year going to be 50-50, but as long as DeAndre Swift is getting 75% of the you know, two-minute offense, the third downs, and the passing work when they're behind, uh, then I've got no issue with that. So I don't even mind if the Lions fall behind in this game and have to play catch-up. Uh, it could be better for DeAndre Swift, Amon Ra, Golf, uh, all those guys, uh, if that is how this game plays out. But along with the Bills-Dolphins, you know, one to maybe target in DFS, which, again, we'll talk about here at the end. Looking at Ravens at Patriots over under 44, Baltimore favored by two and a half on the road. You know, again, with that Miami game last week, Lamar Jackson just went off. Bateman had a big game. Mark Andrews, uh, Duvernay did have a special teams touchdown. So a lot of just a lot of fantasy points here. Uh, Still waiting to see if J.K. Dobbins is going to play. Even if he does this week, it's not somebody I want to take shots on just think he's going to be on a snap count a rep count something and they're still going to get uh the other running backs involved whether it's Kenyon drake mike davis justice hill even so not not one i'm super interested in the backfield and then on the patriot side you know i think only interest here is going to be look what does the backfield do damian harris ramondi stevenson what are those splits and then you know what is jacoby myers going to turn into here as we get back jones into a little bit more of a rhythm uh, in the season is Jacoby Myers going to target earn a little bit more targets um, and a little bit more uh, attention in this offense rather than just relying on the running game. Uh, And then again, I know Taylor big on Hunter Henry. When are we going to see him have a big game? They've got to get into the red zone. They've got to score more points for him to have more of those opportunities. Next game up, Bengals at Jets over under 45. Cincinnati favored by six and a half on the road. Um, This is one that, again, I think this one is a little bit sneakier than maybe Vegas is giving these teams credit for. We've seen Joe Flacco throw the ball, uh, what, 50 times a game. I think he has over 100 attempts right now through the first two weeks. And if the Bengals get up and the way that they score is with Jamar Chase, with T. Higgins, with Joe Mixon out of the backfield, um, we could see the same thing with Flacco and this offense trying to play catch up. We saw the Garrett Wilson breakout. I don't think there's any question that Elijah Moore is talented. When Corey Davis is your third wide receiver, I don't even hate that. Um, And then, of course, they have Brees Hall and Michael Carter out of the backfield. I mean, this is why I was high on Zach Wilson in the offseason is because they do have weapons on offense. And so it'll be interesting to see if the Jets can get out early and the Bengals are playing catch up or vice versa. I still think there's going to be value in this game and might be one worth stacking. Again, when I get to DFS, might be one that I, I talk about there that is going to be a little bit different than people targeting, you know, Lions Vikings after Amon Ross big game, Bills Dolphins because of just the explosiveness of those two teams that we've seen so far this year, but again, if you had told me the Bengals would be 0 and 2 going into the week 3 and the Jets would be 1 and 1 without Zach Wilson, I wouldn't have believed it, but again, Cincinnati's still favored by 6 and a half, which which seems appropriate. Eagles at Commanders. Uh, So, again, another one that we've seen these two offenses uh, throwing the ball more than we thought and being effective in the passing game as well. So, Philly favored by six and a half on the road at Washington, over under at 47 and a half. So, hey, is Carson Wentz going to be able to keep this up? Is he going to keep spreading the ball around to McLaurin, to Dotson, to Curtis Samuel? Curtis Samuel, of course, having value out of the backfield as well. Uh, Antonio Gibson has had good games. Uh, Logan Thomas back from injury got involved this past week. So uh, really interesting to see, interesting to watch. I think the Eagles defense is 
they're really good. Um, and obviously the best defense that the commanders will have faced this year. So that may slow things down in this game. And if the Eagles do end up running the ball a little bit more, we saw in week one, all three running backs scored a touchdown, which obviously took away from the wide receivers from Dallas Goddard. But if we can keep those touchdowns consolidated around Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, and maybe Jalen Hurts running the ball, that's another opportunity to stack those players and hope for a big game from uh, the Eagles against the Commanders in something that, again, if one of those teams gets up big early and the other one is playing catch up, there's there's a a chance for a lot of points there, just like we saw in the Baltimore-Miami game last week. So getting into the afternoon games here, that was all of the one o'clock games. Got the Jaguars at the Chargers, so there, there's no line set yet on this one. So definitely keep an eye out for that. That's all because of the Justin Herbert uncertainty with the rib injury. Uh, Going to be interesting to see if he can suit up. If not, it will be Chase Daniel. Uh, if Herbert plays, again, a game that could be a little bit more high scoring than people expect. We know the Chargers offense is really good. They may try to protect Herbert a little bit and run the ball more, which would be good for Eckler. But, I, you know, yet to be seen. We'll have to wait on the Herbert news. And even then, when you've got a talent like that and you're trying to win a game, you're going to put the ball in Herbert's hand. Um, and also waiting to hear on Keenan Allen as well, which could swing things for Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. We'll see if Gerald Everett can have another big game. Um, so in going to be interesting to watch, not really touching anything in that game right now until we get certainty on Justin Herbert and on Keenan Allen. Either way, I think you've got to play Mike Williams, uh, Everett and Palmer become much more appealing if Keenan Allen does not play and Justin Herbert does on the other side, you know, again, hoping for Herbert to play so that maybe the Jaguars can get down in a game. Uh, and we can maybe see if ETN is going to be the guy in the passing game. Um, can he be that guy out of the backfield? He's losing a lot of the carries to James Robinson, who has been much more effective than I ever thought he would be again in the NFL. So I'll, I'll take that L on this one. And then Christian Kirk has looked really good uh, in this offense, lining up in the slot. Um, Zay Jones has played really well also in this offense, which has helped elevate Trevor Lawrence or Trevor Lawrence is elevating them. But either way, this offense has definitely come along way from where it was last year under the urban meyer regime next game up rams at cardinals so another one with a high over under 48 and a half la favored by three and a half on the road in arizona um again stafford cup i mean you just you know that connection is going to be there i think you've got there's no question you're starting cup if you got him um you're starting stafford most likely if you got him in Probably single quarterback, uh, definitely in super flex. Uh, we'll see how the backfield plays out. Cam Akers, Darrell Henderson, who's going to get the carries, who's going to get the pass catching work, especially in a game that has an over under 48 and a half. Cardinals have been playing from behind both games this year against the Chiefs and then the Raiders. See if they have to do that again and if Kyler has to keep making plays with Marquise Brown, of course, but a lot of the work going to Greg Dortch, to Zach Ertz to help bring them back. Uh, James Connors' health, even if he does play, I expect to see Eno Benjamin and Daryl Williams involved, so not somebody I'm looking at in DFS, even though this is an intriguing game. And... You know, the, it, the backfield is going to be the story for both these teams. Is James Conner playing and what's the split? Uh, if not, yeah, I mean, Daryl Williams, you know, Benjamin may have to take a shot on one of those guys if you're a Conner person uh, and Henderson Akers uh, in the other backfield is something to watch. Allen Robinson had touchdown catch last week, should have had another one, but that play got 
called off, whistleblown uh, a little bit early. So we'll be intriguing to see if they try to get him involved a little bit more. And honestly, the the other big target there this year has been Tyler Higby. So how much work is he going to see in this offense uh, moving forward? Again, another player I was skeptical of because I usually expect the tight ends to need these touchdowns unless it is a Kittle or an Andrews who can just really rack up yards. And Higby has been getting reliable targets, catches, and yards um, that have made him fantasy relevant uh, even as a tight end one so far this year. Next game, much less interesting, Falcons at Seahawks. Don't want any part of this really in DFS or anything else. So over-under is 42. It is a pick so they are sitting even. Um, Marcus Mariota, again, targeting Drake London more than anybody else on this team. Can Kyle Pitts get a bounce-back game? I would usually look for more of a high-scoring game if I was going to say yes to that. So there may be concerns there. I don't, I don't want to tell anybody not to start Kyle Pitts, especially since – a lot of the media has been talking about Kyle Pitts. We'll see if the coaching staff decides to get him more involved this week, but it just it has not been pretty so far for Pitts this year. Obviously in Dynasty, you're holding on to him. Mariota has clearly locked in to Drake London. Looking at Cordero Patterson a good bit as well. Uh, so just need him to shift that focus a little bit to probably the most talented player on the field every time he steps on the field uh, in Kyle Pitts. Also going to watch the backfield, right? Is it Cordero Patterson? In the backfield, Tyler Algier, uh, you know, who's going to get the majority of the carries. Would love to see the rookie get him, uh, see him get a chance, because we know what some of these other guys are, but most likely, again, a backfield that is just going to be split up among a number of people. But the Seahawks, Geno Smith, again, just not a lot of fantasy relevance there. Uh, also bringing down DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. The backfield is another one that's just, it's split, it's gross. Kenneth Walker, Rashad Penny, neither of them really threats out of the backfield for pass catching and big plays there so not super interested in much of this game whether it's my lineups in redraft uh, and especially not in dfs next game up on the main slate last game on the main slate so packers at buccaneers bucks favored by one the over under is 42 uh so Again, I mean, we saw Buccaneers and Saints last week only score 30 points combined. The Packers play slow, but we saw last week that backfield can be explosive. There are more questions about Alan Lazard and his health, which is concerning, um, given what we saw in week one without him on the field from this passing game. So, you know, can Rodgers find a reliable target uh, that can stay healthy all year? Again, this is why we were kind of staying away from this wide receiver core, uh, maybe taking some shots on Lazard here and there in best ball just because he could be the alpha. But again, we can't predict injuries. So uh, I'm not starting Aaron Rodgers pretty much anywhere at this point, single quarterback uh, and super flex, maybe. Yeah. Um, but the backfield is where points are coming from. You have to start Aaron Jones. You have to start A.J. Dillon. And you're going to get a consistent floor from both of them. And then whichever one has the hot hand and scores the touchdowns, like we saw Aaron Jones do last week, is going to have a really high ceiling. Um, speaking of health issues, turning over to the Buccaneers side, you know, Godwin most likely missing. Uh, Julio Jones is questionable as well. Uh, Leonard Fournette, they're going to have to lean on, but I do have concerns about this offensive line. We saw guys leave in the offseason. They have injuries now, uh, so a lot of concerns there. Probably not something I'm targeting for DFS. I mean, if you need to take a deep shot on a wide receiver to save money, there's Scotty Miller, there's Brashad Perriman, but of course, those guys get throttled down if Julio Jones does play. So 
just something, another game to kind of keep an eye on heading into Sunday and unfortunately in the, the later time slot to see if you have to, you know, call an audible if Julio Jones does play and you've taken a shot on one of those wide receivers, Scotty Miller, Brashad Perriman, maybe you have to drop down to, I don't know, Greg Dortch in the Cardinals-Rams game instead, uh, just with the salary saving if that's a situation you find yourself in. Sunday night game, 49ers at Broncos. So San Francisco favored on the road by one and a half over under at 44. With the way we've seen this Broncos offense play, I'm not interested in that that over under. But 49ers starting Jimmy G this week obviously came in for Trey Lance after the injury. I think that's really good news for Debo Samuel. When George Kittle gets back healthy, I think that's really good news. It would be interesting to see how this affects Brandon Ayuk. Uh, you know, I think Trey Lance was much more likely to push the ball down the field than Jimmy Garoppolo is. And if that's the case, that could hurt Ayuk because that's not really where he plays in this offense with Debo and Kittle working more of the short and intermediate stuff. We know there's an injury to Tyrion Davis-Price. We know Elijah Mitchell's out as well. So looking at Jeff Wilson, who should have been a waiver wire pickup for everybody last week, uh, if you were ahead of things, maybe you got Jordan Mason for next to nothing, the undrafted rookie, but also know that they brought in Marlon Mack. They've elevated him from the practice squad. So intrigued to see really how this split's going to go. Marlon Mack's second week with the team. Uh, being elevated be, due to injuries and seeing if Jordan Mason is getting any run or if it's J- if it's just Jeff Wilson and Marlon Mack. On the Broncos side, got to monitor Jerry Judy if he's going to play, had the shoulder injury last week, and you know just want to see this offense get going with Russell Wilson. I'm concerned there's a Russell Wilson slash coaching staff problem with this offense. Uh, and if so, this could be a pretty low scoring game as well. Like we've seen the Broncos in the first two weeks. Um, but Javante Williams got to play him. Melvin Gordon obviously has his role carved out here. There's value. If Judy doesn't play Sutton is obviously a really good bet being the, the top dog then in the wide receiver core unquestioned unquestionably. And then, you know, at tight end, I'm, I'm losing a little bit of faith in the offense and thus Albert O, uh, but also knowing that there are other tight ends who are getting snaps in the offense, getting targets uh, is a little, is a little bit concerning and not somebody that I am starting for sure. Like maybe I thought I was at the beginning of the year. Monday night's game, we got Cowboys at Giants. Uh, Over under is a really gross 39. Giants favored by one at home. I mean, it's it's a Daniel Jones, Cooper Rush game. Uh, Just not a whole lot of interest here. If you got a defense playing in this game, congrats to you, I think. Um, But... I'll be really intrigued to watch the Cowboys backfield. You know, what kind of work is Zeke going to get in? Uh, What is Pollard going to get? He looked really good last week, both out of the backfield, uh, running the ball and receiving, uh, had a big game. So just something to keep an eye on because we've seen it kind of flip-flop. Game script may dictate that if the Cowboys get up, they will be running Zeke. If they're down, you may see more Pollard out of the backfield. And then without Dalton Schultz, who else is going to step up in the passing game? I mean, I know Cooper Rush is a quarterback, but – T.D. Lamb has got to become an alpha. Otherwise, I think we just know at this point that he's not uh, after this year if he can't step up. Noah Brown has looked good as well, but obviously they are just hoping and praying that they can get Michael Gallup back as soon as possible and Dak Prescott as well to really get this offense going. And then as far as the Giants are concerned, looking for Barkley to have a bounce back game here. Uh, A little bit of a disappointment last week, had him in DFS uh, in a number of lineups, which was disappointing, but uh, 
should expect more out of him. Daniel Jones has been targeting Sterling Shepard a lot. Uh, Kadarius Toney, I know, missed practice today. Uh, Kenny Galladay sounds like might just be completely done in New York. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, didn't play really at all last week. And then uh, knowing Wondell Robinson has been injured as well. Really want to see kind of where these targets go. And, you know, a little bit of a sleeper late in the summer that I was talking about was Daniel Bellinger at tight end. Um, so he got involved a little bit last week. Not anybody you need to rush out and grab, uh, but somebody just keep an eye on for later in the season as things develop, especially if some of these injuries keep nagging at some of these uh, wide receivers in New York. Bellinger sh- could be somebody to take a shot on. Now that we've run through all of the games, I do want to go back into some DFS, preview some things, and just kind of look at the games on the main slate and the Millie Maker here, uh, some potential lineups that you can set with the games that we have been talking about. So I'm going to pull that up here for everybody and dive into it. So again, Josh Allen in that game against Buffalo and Miami, you know, looking at, say, lineups from last week and knowing that I took a shot on that uh, Lions game, which turned out really well. Uh, you know, we saw golf, Amon Ra blow up. Swift had a receiving touchdown as well. But really, if you didn't have a piece of that and multiple pieces in the Miami and Baltimore game, you just, you just weren't going to win anything last week. So I think the, Millie Maker winner last week obviously had uh, plenty of guys uh, from that game. So I think the winning lineup actually had Lamar Jackson, had both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, plus Mark Andrews and Amon Ra. I don't remember offhand who they had at the running back positions, uh, defense kicker. But, of course, when you have those players, it was it was a shoe-in uh, for them to win. So, you know, that's kind of – what you want to try to get to is just those teams that were pretty much unbeatable. So looking at quarterbacks again, Josh Allen is at the top 8,200. Lamar Jackson just below him against New England, 8,000. Patrick Mahomes, 7,900. Jalen Hurts, 7,600. But really want to start looking at some of these games. You know, Buffalo, Miami with the most expensive quarterback. Um, let's see, Jalen Hurts against Washington at 7,600. I mean, he may still even be a value at that price. Kyler Murray at home against L.A. is only 7,300. You could even start looking at that Detroit-Minnesota game. Kirk Cousins is 6,700. You could drop all the way down to Jared Goff at 5,800. For some of those other high-scoring games, Tua Tagovailoa is priced at 6,100 at quarterback. Matthew Stafford, 6,500. Again, the sneaky one, Joe Burrow, priced at 6,600. Let's see if I can even find Flacco down at 5,300 here. Um, And again, if Trevor Lawrence, if Justin Herbert does play, uh, Trevor Lawrence trying to play catch up probably against a really good Chargers offense. Price down at 5,400 if that's where you want to save some money as a quarterback and try to get some exposure to some of the top guys maybe in that Philadelphia-Washington game or if you want to try to pay up for a digs, a Tyreek Hill, uh, places like that. That would be an interesting one to experiment with, which I might do. Let's pay down. I'm going to pay down right here to a Trevor Lawrence. And this is if Justin Herbert plays. So don't everybody quote me on this one, but I want to see Trevor Lawrence playing from behind against LA. Uh, 
And then it would be interesting to see, you know, Diggs priced at 7,700, Tyreek Hill priced right there at 7,600. AJ Brown, I think, is a really good option as well at 7,300. Amon Ross St. Brown at 7,200. I don't know how much Michael Pittman I'll have, even though they are playing Kansas City, but coming off the injury and still being uncertain about his health, he's at 6,900. Jalen Waddle, probably a better play, is below him at 6,800. And then you start to get into a bunch of these guys like, like Mike Evans suspended. Keenan Allen, questionable, may not play. That's 6,600, 6,500. Gabe Davis is questionable, 6,300. Chris Godwin still out at 6,200. Um, let's see if we can go... With a digs, and Waddle actually had more targets in the last game. So to save a little bit of money, I may not go Tyreek Hill. I may go Jalen Waddle here in that game. And then obviously want to get a wide receiver in with Trevor Lawrence coming from behind. So I'm going to go down and grab Kirk, Christian Kirk at 6,200 here. Let's flip back to the the running backs that I, I skipped over. I'm going to plug in a defense here as well. Let's see here. What do we want to do? Most expensive is actually the Chargers at 3,900. Bears against Houston at 3,800. Chiefs against Indy is 3,700. Hmm. I actually kind of like if Houston's defense against Chicago is inexpensive. I wouldn't mind even if you paid money for Las Vegas's defense against the Tennessee offense would be an interesting one. So I'll save money on defense and maybe look at the Texans defense against Chicago. They're down at 2,600. You could also look at, you know, New Orleans is priced at 3,500 against Carolina's offense, but save some money here. See if I can drop down. And let's hope that Chicago decides to throw the ball more and we get some turnovers out of Justin Fields. So looking at where I am, Trevor Lawrence stacked with Christian Kirk. I want parts of that Buffalo-Miami game. So I, right now I have Diggs and Waddle in as my two other wide receivers. Texans defense down there, save a little bit of money. And now I need to start looking running back. Allotted $5,300, still left per player. Got Jonathan Taylor at the top against Kansas, Kansas City at 9000 McCaffrey, 8800 uh, Derrick Henry again at 8100 is third most expensive. I really don't want any part of that. I, I am going to look at Austin Eckler at 8000 though, if they get up early, especially not knowing about the health of Justin Herbert. That could be an interesting play. Dalvin Cook, uh, Detroit's rushing offense is last in the league, so that's another one that you could look at at 7900 That's $100 cheaper than Austin Eckler. Joe Mixon, 7600 Aaron Jones, 7400 I do love DeAndre Swift, 7200 against Minnesota. Uh, Fournette. 6,500. That's a big drop off there as Kamara is at 7,000. And then you start getting into Antonio Gibson, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Don't think I want to get into James Conner here uh, at 6,200 with questions around health. Is AJ Dillon at 6,000 going to have a big game? Are they just going to alternate back and forth? I do want to look at Austin Eckler. I wouldn't blame anybody if they actually wanted to go more running back heavy this week than I am looking at Diggs and Waddle paying up for with like a Dalvin Cook, a Joe Mixon against New York, the Jets. Um, obviously, Swift in that game against Minnesota as well would be an interesting pick. So I've got to start looking to save a little bit of money here 
at running back. I'm thinking I may want to find Ramondre Stevenson. They're going to be playing Baltimore, probably playing from behind. They're going to need to throw the ball, New England, that is. And I think with Ty Montgomery out, he started to see more of the passing down snaps, not necessarily targets or receptions more than Harris, but more of the snaps last week than he had previously. Miles Sanders, again, if he gets touchdowns in that game against Washington, uh, could be a good play at just $5,500, cheaper than Mark Ingram, Devin Singletary, Damian Harris. Cam Akers is down at 5,500, but he's not getting a whole lot of the receptions, uh, which again, with DraftKings being full point PPR is something I, I want to see. Wouldn't blame anybody with Jamal Williams if they went with him at 5,400, especially if we're still concerned about Swift's health. Hoping for a big game from ETN, but I already have a stack with Kirk. Uh, not sure I want to double stack Trevor Lawrence with a wide receiver and a running back there. Let's see what's. Stevenson prices. So he's priced at 4,800. Can be really helpful on price. Cheaper than Chase Edmonds, cheaper than Michael Carter. Naheem Hines against Kansas City, if they're playing from behind, could be intriguing. He's only 5,000. He doesn't get much rushing work. I think Stevenson's going to split the rushing work with Damian Harris. I'll save some money here. I'm going to go Stevenson with my second running back slot, and then time to look tight end. Could be a double stack with Trevor Lawrence if I wanted to go inexpensive here and grab Evan Ingram. I love Dallas Goddard against Washington this week. Obviously, don't blame anybody for paying up for a Kelsey and Andrews or a Waller. Again, concerns about Pitts playing against Seattle. Big drop-off when you go Kelsey, 7,900. Mark Andrews, 6,900. Waller, 5,800. So $1,000 in each of those drops. Down to 4,800 to Kyle Pitts, 4,700 Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz isn't a bad option at 4,600. Tyler Higby, 45. Gerald Everett, 44. Again, if Justin Herbert plays, that wouldn't be a bad one. Gasecki, again, in that Buffalo-Miami game at 4,300. Saw him catch a touchdown pass this week. Don't hate Hayden Hurst at 3,900, even though if T. Higgins, all the wide receivers are healthy. Dawson Knox is another option. Hawkinson, these guys are really touchdown dependent. I think I'm going to take a shot on Evan Ingram. I'll double stack this game with Trevor Lawrence. Again, I will change this completely if Justin Herbert does not play, if he is ruled out. Uh, But just interesting to experiment with here. And then looking... A lineup, I've got $4,800 left here to play a flex play. So want to start really looking at who has the potential to get to 20 points uh, in their game. I mean, that's going to be the big question. Uh, and so looking at players in the flex spot at $4,800 or less. So Kenyon Drake, not interested at all. Jarvis Landry, we saw him have a big week one, again, and he's up against Carolina. Zach Moss, uh, just point potential is not there with that offense, uh, with that backfield specifically. Josh Palmer in the same game is 4,800 as my Trevor Lawrence stack, but I'm hoping they get ahead and Eckler is running the ball as I have him in my lineup. Travis Homer, not interested. Kyle Pitts, again, kind of staying away there. MVS against Indy, uh, just he's getting targets, just not the catches. McKenzie in that Buffalo game is intriguing, but I already have Diggs in there, so I'm probably not going to go back to that. 
man, it'd be really weird to play two tight ends, but Dallas Goddard is down here, and I have Evan Ingram. I don't absolutely hate that being very different. Philadelphia at Washington. If Washington, with those wide receivers and Carson Wentz and how much they're throwing the ball, can still make that a game. Other options are Eno Benjamin, Giovanni Bernard, uh, Mecole Hardman, Samaje Piran. Jahan Dotson is down here at 4,600. That one's interesting. Zach Ertz at 4,600, but I'd rather have Goddard. You know, we've seen Jarek McKinnon with some two touchdown games before. Uh, he's down here at 4,500. Chris Olave with all the air yards. Uh, that could be big. He's at 4,500 down here. So, again, there's still value here for guys that could potentially have big games. I feel like I'm already taking a risk at Evan Ingram having a big game at tight end. I don't think that New Orleans-Carolina game is going to shoot out enough for Olave to get enough points. Do have Tyler Higby. James Cook is down here again. Same backfield. Gerald Everett down at 4,400. And then you just get into the Mike Davis, Isaiah Pacheco, Brandon Bolden. Greg Dorch is down at 4,300, so another guy I talked about previously. All right, so for this lineup, to be different, especially in the Millie Maker, I am going to go Dallas Goddard. So I'm going to have two tight ends in here. So I went ahead and I double stacked Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. Uh, paired him up with Christian Kirk at wide receiver, Evan Ingram at tight end. Going to need touchdowns out of both of those guys. Uh, again, hoping the Jaguars here have to play keep up with the Chargers if Herbert is healthy. Uh, with that in mind, I have Eckler from L.A. in here as a run back. Ramondre Stevenson as a second running back here, hoping he gets more involved in the passing game, especially if they get down to Baltimore. We know Mac Jones is not a guy to air it out deep, so that could help Stevenson if he starts getting more targets. I want pieces of that Buffalo-Miami game, so I've got Diggs and Waddle. Again, paid up for both of those guys. Uh, pretty expensive. Talked about Christian Kirk already. Evan Ingram was the other part of that double stack with Trevor Lawrence and their comeback attempt. Dallas Goddard, I mean, just can't say enough about this guy. He's talented. This offense looks really good. And as long as they're not running the ball in the red zone like they did in week one, Goddard has a chance to really uh, pay off there. And then I've got the Texans defense against Chicago. So just a you know, playing around with the lineup here. Uh, I will run through one more for everybody. So go ahead and hit enter that one. Let me see if I can get back and play with another lineup here in the Millie Maker. Let's create a new lineup. I want to pick one of these different games. So Looking at, you know, again, Jalen Hurts in that Philly-Washington game, really interesting. Murray against the Rams. You could look at either side for quarterback there. If you really wanted to pay down and think Carson Wentz can do anything against the Philadelphia defense, which I don't think he will, that's an option for you as well. Jared Goff against Minnesota. I think you could look at Kirk Cousins in that game as well as a potential shootout game. Let's, uh, as much as I love Kyler Murray, I am intrigued by the Philadelphia Washington game. You know, I just get worried with how good Philly's defense is and the fact that that's a divisional game, but really looking at divisional games across the board with the top games Jalen Hurts, Philly, Washington, you know, the Rams, Cardinals, Detroit, Minnesota. The only one that's not is really Cincinnati, New York. 
still have concerns about that Cincinnati offense. They just haven't looked right. So this early in the season, I'd rather I'd rather take a shot on offense that's rolling. So let's look at Jalen Hurts here at quarterback. Wide receiver, you know, I think I can get cheap at wide receiver. We know Curtis Samuel is an option. I also think Jahan Dotson, I know he's really inexpensive. And that may allow me to pay up for, say, an A.J. Brown at 7,300. So Curtis Samuel, only 5,100. Jahan Dotson, 4,600. A.J. Brown, 7,300. Hoping Jalen Hurts is hitting A.J. Brown, also runs for a touchdown, is how this is going to have to pay off. McLaurin's the more expensive one. He hasn't had quite the breakout like we would want out of him as opposed to Dotson with a Three touchdowns in two games. Curtis Samuel getting work out of the backfield. I'm going to stick with the hot hand. I'm going to double stack Samuel Dotson in that game. A.J. Brown, I think Jalen Hurts is going to have the rushing work here in this game. So I'm not going to double stack him. I'm just going to go A.J. Brown again. I got exposure to Goddard in my last lineup. So, again, going to go to defense real quick to plug somebody in. It would be interesting to look at the Kansas City defense. Kind of expensive, 3700 against Indy, who struggled this year. The Bengals' defense against the New York Jets. I think I'm going to drop down to the Saints against Carolina. Uh, you know, Tom Brady only scored 20 points against them last week. If they hold Carolina probably to half that, I would not be surprised. So plug in the Saints' defense there. And now time to start looking at running back. Got a little bit more money per player here, 5400 as opposed to my last team. And I think I'm going to look at Dalvin Cook here. Bounce back game against the worst defense against the run in Detroit. Minnesota can get up. So let's plug in Dalvin Cook at one of the running back spots, which means I need to go a little bit less expensive with my next running back. Can maybe look. I don't want to get too much exposure. I don't think I want Antonio Gibson in that game. Fournette's an interesting play at 6,500. James Robinson, A.J. Dillon against Tampa Bay down here. Man, running short on money already, paying up for A.J. Brown, Dalvin Cook, and Jalen Hurts. Let's drop down to the tight end position, see what we can do as far as money here. I'll look below that 4,600 number. So that gives me Zach Ertz is an option there. Tyler Higby, don't mind that either. Playing against a bad Arizona defense. Gerald Everett, if Herbert plays, start looking lower. I don't mind Tyler Conklin in that New York game against Cincinnati if they get down. Saves a lot of money. That's 3,800 for him. Already have Evan Ingram in the last lineup, so I won't do that. Logan Thomas would be interesting to cut out one of these wide receivers and plug Logan Thomas at tight end. Irv Smith in that Minnesota-Detroit game is interesting. But let's go back up to... I don't think Tyler Conklin's going to get enough looks in the red zone with all the wide receiver talent and talent in the backfield there, which might be a little bit different than, say... Zach Ertz, a Tyler Higby. Let's look at Higby in that LA and Arizona game. And in Arizona, 
James Conner priced at 6,200. But if he does not play, Daryl Williams getting work in the red zone at 5,100. Don't think I want to look at Eno Benjamin getting more of the work in that game, even if they're down. Eno Benjamin less expensive, but gross, and I'm relying on touchdowns. But playing Higby, let's look at Daryl Williams in Arizona. Leaves me 4,400 here for my flex spot. So, again, going pretty cheap because I paid up for Hertz, Dalvin Cook, A.J. Brown as well, being the three of the more expensive players. Can look at, don't want to go double tight end again. So then we start talking, you know, does Greg Dortch get involved in that Arizona game? Again, trying to get a little bit different here with lineups. Seen a lot of the guys that had big games earlier in the year getting priced up a good bit. The other option here, I may just audible my running backs. I don't like the look of that. Dalvin Cook, I know, is... Really good, but that is that is hurting me on money. So I'll drop down, especially with the wide receivers not playing. Fournette could have a much bigger role in the passing game. So I'm going to go Leonard Fournette against Green Bay. Tampa's got a really good run defense. A.J. Dillon is down here at 6,000, which is palatable with what I got left. Cam Akers can get some of the red zone work, but so far they've trusted Henderson. Henderson is priced higher at 5,700. Akers at 5,500. ETN, again, if he can be that guy coming back against LA, I may plug ETN in here right now at 5,400. Other options, maybe a Brees Hall at 5,300 against Cincy if he's getting backfield work. Saw J.D. McKissick pay off for a lot of people without even scoring a touchdown, just his passing down work in Washington at 5,300. Michael Carter, again, another one of those Jets running backs at 5,200. But I'm going to go back to the well here. I'm going to go with my guy, ETN, and hope this is the week at 5,400, which means 5,500. Much better for the flex spot. Can start looking at people like Juju Smith-Schuster, maybe Miles Sanders, uh, Garrett Wilson is here as well at 5,400. I hate to chase the points in Garrett Wilson, but he looked really good. He's a really good prospect coming out as well. If they get behind, Flacco is going to have to throw the ball another 50 times. Brees Hall still an option down here. I'm probably between Juju and Garrett Wilson. Juju against Indy, Garrett Wilson against Cincinnati. Obviously, like Patrick Mahomes more than Joe Flacco. Target composition, competition, probably more in Kansas City just because of Travis Kelsey. But after that, I'm not sure that it is. Garrett Wilson has Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. But to save everybody from listening to me go back and forth here, bank on the game. I called a sneaky shootout. I'll go back to the Garrett Wilson chase points. I would like to look at some player exposure numbers as well between those two. Some projections for who may be the most owned. Again, another thing you want to look into is, is your lineup actually different? Um, and making sure you're kind of looking at some of these projections for who is going to be the most owned players.
Yeah, Kirk Cousins, one against the Lions. Going to be pretty highly owned. Fournette's a running back. I want to get down to the receivers here. Who's going to have the most ownership? A lot of Cooper Cup. A lot of Justin Jefferson looking for a bounce back. T. Higgins had a big game. Again, people looking at that game against the Jets. Juju is on this list here against the Colts. Garrett Wilson not on the list even after that game. So uh, I'll probably leave it with Garrett Wilson. Hopefully people aren't just chasing points and I can go back to the well. I think that game's going to be have more points than people are expecting, more than Vegas is expecting, especially if New York gets down to Cincy uh, and has to play catch up. Garrett Wilson could have a role there. So I'll carve that line out. out. Jalen Hurts at quarterback, Leonard Fournette at running back, Travis Etienne at running back, Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson, again with that Jalen Hurts play in there at wide receiver aj brown stacked with jalen hurts tyler higby to get some exposure to that arizona game garrett wilson in my flex spot and then the saints defense against carolina to round it out so that is the last lineup i will spare everybody from any more but looking forward to another week three uh looking at dynasty teams redraft obviously keep track of my best ball and playing a lot more here in dfs so going to be playing a lot more lineups. Last week was not a good week. Again, just got beat out by that explosive Bills-Miami game. Uh, even or Sorry, Ravens-Miami game. Uh, Miami has the Bills this week, but people that had even a couple of those pieces were beating my Lions teams uh, with golf, Amon Ra, even with DeAndre Swift in there, just with how bananas uh, those two teams went. And specifically about six players because uh, it was so consolidated to Lamar, Andrews, Bateman, and then on the other side, of course, Tua, Waddle, and Tyreek Hill. So, again, something to keep in mind, those stacks, the double stacks, the runbacks, we saw it pay off there in week two, hoping it does in week three as well, and getting a little bit different with lineups. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. For now, I am out. It's QC Fantasy. Thank you. Thank you.